and I actually joined Stagecoach. It's the most basic origin story, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this episode of Tom Simpson's Conversation, uh, episode number 12. This week on the podcast I have Emily. Um, Emily is one of our friends uh, that we know in real life. She was first friends with my girlfriend Joy um, and they used to work together. Emily is a dancer. Uh, she works for a company called Harley Sprung, uh, which you'll get to hear a little bit more about. This episode was recorded back kind of in early January, so we were still uh, in a full lockdown. Uh, in this conversation, we talk a bit about how she got into dancing. We talk about the company she works for, Harley Sprung, and some of the amazing work that they do. If you are listening to this podcast um, and not watching it, then I would definitely recommend heading over to YouTube or my Instagram and checking out the end of the video because um, I'll put clips in of her performance and her uh, rehearsals as well, which are amazing to watch. So I would definitely go and check those out if you are listening. And if you're watching, then stay tuned to the end because that's where you'll find those clips. I will be back in the middle of the episode with just a little update from Emily herself. And then I'll be back at the end with just a little bit more chat. But for now, we step into the conversation with me asking where she's from. Yeah, lovely Brighton in, in the south. And I moved into Coventry actually pretty much four years to the day. I think it's two two day, days ago. Yeah. Oh. So four years I've been here now in Coventry. Nice. How do you find it? Do you know what? I love it. And I'll be completely honest. When I first moved here, I was like, what have I done? Where's the sea? what's going on <laughs> but um no I've really really grown to love it I think it gives loads of great opportunities and it's just such a lovely place and everyone is so nice that's the the biggest thing about it I think that everyone's really lovely that's cool nice I, I've I've lived in rugby which isn't too far away and then recently moved to Coventry with Joy um yeah how was it living in Brighton because I, I mean Joy and I like often fantasize about moving down to Brighton <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is great. It's very expensive um, to live. <laughs> so I don't think I'm going to be there anytime soon. Um, it is lovely. It's funny, I think, no matter where you grow up, even if it's the, the loveliest place in the world, you want to get away from it, I think. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, your childhood's kind of in all the buildings and memories and everything. So I think I wanted to branch out, but I do love Brighton and I quite enjoy going back as a tourist, to be honest. I think I get all the good bits. Mm. Um but yeah, I don't know. It's a very different feel to the kind of dance art scene up here and down there. And I don't know, there's something very welcoming about it up here and something kind of, we're all in it, all in it together. I think it's because it's smaller. Yeah. And you know, Brighton's so established. Yeah, I kind of, like Brighton is very like, they've got a lot of like a big art and dance and uh, what's the, the, the really big, like they've got loads of like colleges and stuff and universities for performing mm -hmm. arts, don't they? So they have... Probably a lot of people, probably, I would guess, lots of different groups, and it's probably hard to, like, become a bit more established as a, like, a artist. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. There's a lot of people there. There's a lot of a lot of dancers in Brighton. Um, and, yeah, it's just bigger. And I think there's a lot of dance happening in the big venues, big theatres. I think to start as a, as a grassroots person, people do it great for them good <laughs> i i just found it a bit trickier so um i found my way here and i think as well i think i just needed that separation from it i think that's what it was i worked in a theater when i was there i went back there for a year after uni um before i came up here 
and I had the best time working in a theatre just as like an usher and a bar person it was great um but yeah I think I needed the kind of geographical di- distance a bit um to find myself away from where I grew up so yeah yeah but I love it oh nice um how did you get into dancing I got into dancing in the classic way. Oh, I was three years old. Yeah, I was, sorry. It's it's, it's the classic. Um, but I was a really shy child. People find it weird when I say that now, but I was a really, really shy child. And I used to hide behind my mum's legs whenever I met anyone new. So I think they're a bit like, right, <laughs> let's get her out and doing stuff. Um, and I actually joined Stagecoach. It's the most basic origin story, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Stagecoach and baby ballet. Um, and then from there, yeah, I just did it all the time, um, every Saturday. And then I did a bit of ballet, a bit of tap. And then, but I really, really got into it when I was 15. So I did GCSE dance and that was when contemporary dance kind of came into my sphere. And um, contemporary dance in Brighton now, I think has a bigger uh, network and there's more opportunity for young people to get into dance through youth groups and stuff. But when I was younger, it wasn't really a thing, or at least I didn't come across it. So yeah, it was that for me. And then I just carried on through, went to uni. And yeah, that's how I got into it. Amazing. What uni did you go to? Uh, The University of Chichester. It's the best. (laughs) Cool. And you studied dance as like a a whole? Do they do, like, how how is Mm. that? Well, it's different now because um, I'm old <laughs> but um no I, it was a dance BA that I did and that was kind of an all-encompassing contemporary dance BA um and I wanted to go there because there was loads of different options so you kind of start really broadly in the first year and then you get to kind of hone it down as you go through so by my third year I was doing mostly choreography and some performance um work which was awesome and then I did my MA there as well so I did um MA choreography and professional practice amazing yeah that sounds really cool it's great um, it's lovely let's go into we'll we'll talk a bit about like pre-covid times and then we'll kind of mm-hmm. like move into like how things are kind of now but how have you found it uh being in coventry um so when i moved to coventry four years ago <laughs> um i moved in um with my boyfriend and his parents which was lovely um and i was kind of like i don't know anybody here i'm completely green keen new don't know what to do so i found museums um and this is where i met joy um i found the herbert and the um coventry transport museum and i started there as a sessional um and that was my kind of first like well it wasn't really my first job that was kind of my like main job when i first came here but what actually brought me here um was that one um, I met an amazing company called Heidi Sprung <laughs> um, and I've been working with them for a little bit while I was in Brighton kind of going back and forward um, doing little gigs and stuff and then they offered me to audition for their new show called Tree um, which was an amazing piece um, it was beautiful it was based around this big tree structure which had um, bungee on it so it was aerial bungee um you're kind of strapped in and you jump around and you can do all these crazy jumps and leaps and things um and they asked me to audition for that and I got it which was awesome so I had to go up for a month to here to or to do my um rehearsal um and I didn't leave after the month <laughs> so that's when I got the job at um the museums um it's all a bit confusing but it all ran along the same time because yeah. obviously I needed some money um but yeah and it was just really nice to get straight into being 
in the cultural kind of sector. And I got to meet loads of lovely people mm-hmm. um, who I think still work there now at the CTM and um, yeah. Herbert. So, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about Harley Sprung then, because I know bits about it, but I don't know too much. But so okay. how would you describe it? Okay, so Highly Sprung are awesome. They are a physical theatre company and we make work predominantly for children and young people um, and do work with children and young people as well. So we do performances. Um, we have loads of different performances that tour every year. We have, well, not last year, <laughs> but every year otherwise. Yeah. Um, and I'm involved in lots of those. Um, and our work is quite kind of morally minded i'll say so we take on big subjects and you know make a statement about it so urban astronauts probably what we're best known for and that's about air pollution uh, about finding a journey back to looking after the world i've also been involved in a show called roots which was just lovely and so close to my heart which was about kind of welcoming refugees it was made around the same time as the brexit referendum um happened um so yeah that's another amazing one and we've got a new one coming up this year which is awesome um called castaway which is all about pollutions in waterways and rivers in england um and that is a lot of fun i get to spin around in the air nice and i'm a mermaidy water nymphy lovely river spirit it's great (laughs) um yeah and then we also do lots of work in schools i think there's like a two kind of chunks of what the company do so we do loads and loads of work um in schools in coventry nationally i actually taught in china for a month with them as well um and yeah we do lots of physical theater workshops but we also do kind of learning the curriculum through physical theater um and most recently we've done this incredible project with echo eternal and core education in birmingham um which is incredible because it's it's a commemorative project for the holocaust um so we have testimony from um survivors of the holocaust that have been gifted to schools and then various artists go in um and help that that school create a response um to the to the testimony and we're one of the artists part of that and it's kind of grown from there and sarah worth um who's the director one of the directors of highly sprung she now is um you know in charge of all the amazing events and things that happen um, with the Horizons Festival, which is a yearly festival that ha- happens as a commemorative Holocaust thing. So I'm rambling, but it's awesome. <laughs> and I love what I do. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And I know, because I've, I've been very fortunate that I've been able to see you kind of perform and you do some like uh, amazing aerial work, which like <laughs> I had no idea that's what you guys, I feel like you kind of specialise that in a little bit now because like you're working on different like techniques and you're are you working with designers and to create these structures that you can work on yeah yeah so um we have lots of different rigs and structures and lots of different people that help us to make them um we have entify who are a kind of engineering company um who engineering making amazing things company um and um they've made the rig this time around and well no sorry that they haven't made it and they make the the costumes and stuff we've got a different engineering company i don't know the name that made the most recent one um and there's an amazing designer as well in um warwick again i can't i'm awful i can't remember the name but his name's nick and he's awesome and he was part of designing um parts of hogwarts oh, castle nice. and also did some stuff for star wars 
um, but I couldn't name because I don't watch it, sorry. But, <laughs> um, which is awesome. But yeah, they've kind of helped to make and engineer the works. So it, it all comes from the heads of um, Sarah and Mark, who are the directors, who are awesome. Um, and they basically imagine these great things up and then contact engineers and they go, okay, we'll see if we can make that. But the aerial side of it is really untraditional aerial. So I kind of call myself an aerialist and I, I, I have done some more traditional aerial, but it's not the same. We kind of take traditional aerial techniques and then it's made completely anew for these structures. So you're kind of learning a completely new technique each time you've got a new rig and it's kind of a conversation between you and the rig. You have to work it out for yourself a little bit. Um, it's based off traditional aerial, but it doesn't work the same because you're usually spinning around or moving or <laughs> doing something completely different. Yeah, because it's not just, it's, it's a movable structure as well, isn't it? Because I've seen um, the uh, uh, Urban Spaceman, one was it called, sorry? Urban Astronaut. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And I think, is he your partner, AJ? He was the astronaut, I think, when I saw He was for one of it. Yeah, I saw him perform and these these structures they kind of move i was going to say through the crowd but you obviously have a certain route so crowd can't get too close but they kind of yes. you kind of move and it's like it's not just like a st static thing it's very intricate and it's quite impressive yeah yeah it is it is really spectacular and um yeah that's kind of highly sprung's thing <laughs> is they have these amazing ideas these amazing are just incredible ideas and then they come to life and I think where a traditional aerial is incredible um I think it's limited and quite static quite a lot of the time I'm not saying it always is but it can be um unless you're in kind of Cirque du Soleil level and have loads of money yeah. <laughs> but um yeah basically it's just their incredible imaginations and they really want to take it to a new place and I think the spectacle allows for audiences to stay and absorb the, the narrative the message that we're getting across so it's kind of a spectacle in hand with sending our message out and making sure the audiences are engaged um but yeah audiences don't always get out of the way there's been a, a lot of audiences getting in the way especially of urban astronaut as i'm sure mark and aj will say um yeah there's people that just kind of stand staring and it's like okay if you do just stay there we can't move through you yeah i can imagine people <laughs> so just like staring at their phones and going Oh, and then they like just get knocked over. <laughs> yeah, or struck a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah that does happen. <laughs> yeah, I know the fact that your your dance and this kind of create is is also kind of political. You're also trying to help make awareness of like quite significant problems that we do have. Um, mm. But it's a more kind of learning and engaging kind of way than just standing on a, a stage somewhere. Have like if you read out the same message of like the idea of the dance it might not come across as well but i think a lot more people are a lot more like oh what's that and you're telling a story i think it's really really cool yeah exactly it's why i love working with them and it filters through into our school's work as well it's it's kind of like you feel that you're properly making a difference um and you're right so we perform outdoors quite a lot mostly um at arts festivals um and that's often in town centers or in like greens and towns and cities and so people don't necessarily buy a ticket to be there it's they're there because they're walking through the park or they're walking through town and they see us and go oh what's that we've appeared um and then you reach an audience you would not normally get audiences that don't actually engage in the arts quite a lot mm. quite often and um, we've been to some really interesting places we went to um one of the places that was voted 
the highest percentage of um, leave voters for the EU referendum and we took roots the one about um welcoming refugees up there so I was a little bit nervous um for that one however at the end the response was just incredible um this woman came over to me and um I can't remember where she said she was from but she had um, migrated over here um from Europe and she was crying and she said thank you so much for doing this like this this place need needs this like you know I need people to see this and it's so important equally I get children um watching Urban Astronaut who really invest in the story um, there's a part of it where my character Hope she has um, some little seedlings um, that, that have grown and I, I asked the children to kind of look after them and protect them um, and the boys in the piece they come over and start trashing this um, set and they try and take the little plant and some of the kids get so protective over, over it they're like no this is my plant you're not you're not going to get this um, and at the end they come over and they're like thank you so much and I really want to recycle and I really want to be careful of what I'm doing and they you you see in real time the effect it's having on people that's amazing Again, if you were just like standing on a podium in the center of the town, a lot of people would have just walked on by and tried to ignore that. But doing mm. something that's a little bit different and engaging, it yeah, you probably would have you would have had a m much bigger crowd than if you were just standing on a, a on a plinth somewhere. So, I think doing it through the vessel of performance, though it performance appeals to your humanity you're watching it because you want to feel something and because you're you finding it spectacular and when you get to understand a character's narrative and you're with them through that journey you connect to them and once you've connected to them and invested in them emotionally it's really hard to draw that back and so I think you're connecting to people's humanity quite directly when you're performing it isn't the same as just spouting and talking and saying it's you're communicating with them on a very different level. It's on a, a much more human level, human plane. Yeah, that's really cool. I really hope that you're enjoying this episode with Emily. Please make sure you remember to like and subscribe and follow me wherever you're listening or watching this podcast. Uh, now, here is a little update from Emily. Hey, um, a little update on what I've been doing since we recorded the podcast. Um, I am now full-time with Highly Sprung, which is really exciting. Um, I get to do all the work I was doing before with performance and teaching, um, but I also now get to work with schools really closely um, and really build those relationships up with the company. Um, and also, I get to make my own projects with schools and young people, so that's really, really exciting, and I'm so happy um, for the opportunity. Um, we're also in the middle of rehearsal at the moment, so last week we did a whole week recreating the show Urban Astronaut um, to go out on tour this year um, and this week and for the next two weeks we are re remaking and making <laughs> Castaway. Um, we had R&D last year for that um, and now we have three weeks to really really make it and get it all ready for the summer um, and that is going to be part of Coventry City of Culture 2021 which is really exciting. So there's lots of lovely hopeful things happening. Um, 2021 is looking up and I hope it is for all of you as well. Uh, thank you, Emily, for the little update. Uh, now we slip back into the conversation with me asking how COVID has affected things. Um, well, COVID came in last March, obviously, as everyone knows, um, and it came right in the middle of a project we were, we were doing with schools to kind of cut that in half. Um, 
and we continued doing it online. That was the first time we were completely like, what do we do? This whole online thing wasn't a thing at that point. We were like, ah, so we literally recorded the rest of the um, project in our homes, in our gardens, because it was quite warm and sent it out to the to the schools and tried to get it back on track that way. And uh, I think that's quite a good kind of um, example of how this year has been in general. I think that Highly Sprung are the most resilient company. They're just incredible. The level of resilience is incredible because um, everything that we've done from there on has been just adapting, flexing with what's happening, we're in lockdown, we're not in lockdown, blah, 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 blah. So we've had a mixture of doing projects online. Um, our youth groups, our sprungs, um, they've all gone online on Zoom <laughs> until we're allowed back in, in which case we meet up for one or, one or two weeks where we can and then the government changes it again. So, But that's been incredible. Um, we have a, we have a um, yearly festival called the Physical Fellowship which happens in the Belgrade Theatre, and it's a really, really big deal. It's been going for years and years. Um, and obviously last year, it couldn't happen. So um, the Physical Fellowship Unlocked became a thing. Um, and that was a completely di digital version of the festival. And Mark and Sarah worked so incredibly hard to get that off and edited and filmed themselves and just spent hours and hours doing it. And I was there to support, but that was really them. That was their, their incredible. Um, so they still made it happen. Um, in between, we've still been able to do some projects. So um, funnily enough, in 2019, we did a show called Transmission, which is about viruses and about bacteria. Um, and mostly that year was about antimicrobial resistance. So the importance of not overusing antibiotics because um, it's becoming less effective. And we were commissioned to make that as it's becoming a bigger issue. And they wanted to see how the arts can kind of help people to understand important things yeah. um, and un un understand not to overuse antibiotics. But the next year, COVID-19 happened. So we have Transmission Gone Viral, which is a dance film all about COVID-19. And we work with scientists on both projects from Coventry University and Warwick U University, virologists and I don't even know what they're called, but scientists to do with viruses and bacteria <laughs> um, who are incredible and the most knowledgeable people. They're just great. Um, and we worked with them and we created this amazing dance film, which you can find on the Highly Sprung Instagram as well. Um, and that was great because we were in the studio for three days, two days, I think. And oh, I hadn't been in the studio for months. And I remember we all we, we walked into the studio and we looked at it and we were just like, ah! we were running around just having the best time we're like oh a space to move because we've been doing zoom classes and moving around in our bedrooms it's just not the same so that was joyous um and then we obviously also were able to r&d research and develop um castaway which is a new show which will be happening this year in for coventry city of culture um so i was incredibly lucky incredibly lucky to still have some some things to do yeah. um and i'm internally grateful to highly sprung for you know keeping it going mm. um online and in person as much as we can um but yeah now it's all moved to kind of online stuff so we're just launching a new project in schools called ready box set go which is um a, a digital offering to schools 
which is delivering our projects remotely. So we're doing kind of digital leading alongside giving teachers um, lesson plans across a plethora of different subjects and um, creative things. Um, and they can do it in the schools. And um, yeah, so that's kind of our new angle is that we're in schools, but we're not physically in the school. Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. That's such a good idea as well, because obviously you can't really get into schools now, especially as we're recording this, we're in another national lockdown and schools aren't allowed to open either. Um, mm -hmm. So are they still able, are the kids, are, are the kids still working? I'm guessing they're still doing online classes at the moment. Yeah, everyone's on online classes right now, pretty much, part, unless it's um, vulnerable children or children of key key workers. So um, yeah, it's a different thing. Obviously as a third party person that goes in, into a school, that's not a thing at the moment at all. So yeah. Um, yeah, we are not allowed to be in schools, but we just have to find a way. And I think that's been the attitude of the last year. We've got to find a way mm -hmm. some way or another. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. And I think <laughs> physical moving and actually doing something creative is so important to like for everyone mm -hmm. to learn as well. Yeah, I think kids miss it as well. I mean, we're so stuck in these little boxes now that it's hard to move. It's, it's difficult. And yeah, this, this new project... Um, it kind of spans between key stage one to key stage five. So that's like, you know, reception up to college age. Um, and we're kind of hoping it's like a good bridging project. So the kids, when they come back into school, hopefully at the beginning of March, it'll be an easier transition for the teachers because they'll have some lesson plans set out. And like you said, it's a movement creative based thing. So it isn't straight back into this kind of curriculum learning. They've got a bit of a breather with this project. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're hoping for to make it a bit easier for everyone involved and keep the creativity because oh, I just think it's so hard at the moment and kids just need to express themselves a bit they're just so trapped so yeah and yeah. it has been proven like physically moving and doing a bit of exercise is so much like it's really good for your mental health as well and I think especially like our generation like the the emphasis on mental health is a lot more prominent like there's a lot more people actually talking about it and hopefully it's a little bit more like more known for this younger generation that's kind of brought up as well. And I think, yeah, doing something physical, yeah. like dancing. I mean, we go for walks with a dog, which is like our physical mm. thing. But yeah, it's just really important for people's mental health to try and stay busy and active and stuff. Yeah. So movement has kept me alive this last year. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, I mean, I'd normally be dancing. That's my main type of exercise I'd normally do um but in the last year I've got really into running um which I never thought was going to happen I hated it I hated running so much and my partner AJ he is such a good runner and I was like oh I'm so jealous he's so good at it anyway I was like no do you know what I'm gonna do it so I ran my first 10k the other week amazing so proud of myself <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying it now. And, and you know, it's you're right. It helps your your head just relax. And we've been going out for walks every day as well. We've got some great countryside near us, so we've been walking there. Um, and it just, yeah, we was we call it brain flossing. So it like flosses your brain out, yeah. cleans it out when you're feeling a bit stressed, anxious. Yeah, just kind of resets you a little bit. You're right. You need you need it. Yeah, yeah, it is really good. Um, do you do you run together then, or do you run separately because I don't know if you're like, if he's a really good runner, do you like just go, oh, I'll go, I'll go my way. 
so you don't have to try because <laughs> he's he's really tall as well and you are he quite is a bit really shorter <laughs> I'm a whole foot shorter foot and an inch yeah. yeah um well we do run together yeah we run together more often than we don't um but if he decides he wants to go on some crazy I don't know over 12k I'm like I'm just gonna stay here and you can go <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no we do run run together and, I, and I've been getting faster because he's a great teacher um but yeah in December he did a 100k in a month and wow. I was like I I think I did 40 out of that 100 and I was like bye enjoy yourself <laughs> <laughs> but I think yeah for us it's it's the getting out together is like a really nice way of doing something together and also feeling we're both kind of oh, okay we're in, we're in the day we can get on with it we can do stuff so yeah it's, it's a mixture of both it's fun that's cool <laughs> joy got a, a ring fit for her switch so we've been doing like the exercise with the the switch which nice joy joy did a couple and i was like okay i'll, I'll just watch and then i saw it and it looked really fun uh so i've i've started getting into it now as well so that's like it's actually got me exercising because i'm i'm kind of rubbish at exercising i like the idea of going for a jog but practically i'm rubbish at it <laughs> That's the whole thing with exercise, though. You can't push yourself to do what you don't like. You have to find what makes you motivated and want to do mm. it. Like, if someone said to me, Emily, you're going to go to the gym and lift weights, I'd say, no, absolutely not. It's boring. I don't enjoy it. So, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, if I'm going to go and do a yoga class or a dance class or now go on a run, I'm like, cool, yeah, great, I'll do that. But you've got to find your spark, you know. I think if you force yourself to exercise... It's not, it's not your friend. Yeah. It's not good. I mean, I know that like uh, knitting for me is kind of like my former meditation. So like some people might be into yoga and have that like mindfulness. I get that from knitting mm -hmm. and I get to sit in my bed and do that. So um, <laughs> yeah, so I feel like it's quite, I mean, we go on, on two fairly big walks with our dog anyway. Um, so I feel like I'm getting my kind of daily exercise a bit anyway, and then trying to do the ring fit every now and again. But yeah yeah walking's great walking is exercise to your mind and your body i think it's great yeah especially if you've got a dog dragging you as well it's, it's a good <laughs> arm workout as well <laughs> especially that yeah <laughs> oh and you're, you're you're you've got such a lovely dog she's so cute she is at some point when the world's not on fire we uh we should hopefully be able to go on another walk again I know, that'd be nice, wouldn't it, when we're allowed? Yeah, and the weather's a bit nicer as well. It's, I mean, it's probably going to be the spring when we yeah. potentially can go outside. Yeah. Oh, goodness, that's quite depressing, isn't it? Mm. Oh, it's just got a, something to look forward to. What other hobbies do you, do you have? I've collected a couple this year. <laughs> um, like other hobbies, um, I think, well, obviously there's dancing, which I do professionally and then in my house when I fancy it. Um, and... I've got, I'm really into doing, is it macrame, macrame? I don't know how to say it. I think it depends on who you ask. I think you, okay. I think they're both, they're both fine. I'm going to call it macrame and sound really posh, but that's what I call it. Um, yeah, so I've been doing lots of uh, plant holders um, and I made myself a little uh, jewellery holder, which is nice. Um, and I've also got really back into sewing. I used to sew a lot when I was younger, um, making, I've made a million cushions and nice. <laughs> and I'm working on masks now because you know resourceful mm -hmm. um I've also bought some fa 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 st 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 I also bought some fabric to make a skirt awesome but I'm a bit scared of so I haven't started that yet but it's there and I got a little sewing bag for myself um also really into cooking really love cook cooking I think I'm 
I blow my own trumpet, I'm pretty good. Nice. And I love baking as well. So I've been doing all the fun stuff. And we've also, I mean, we bought our house in October 2019. So although it was weird that no one's really seen our house because no one's been able to come up. Um, but it has been good, in fact, that we've been doing it up. So that's also been part of our kind of hobby is painting lots of furniture, putting up shelves. You know, yeah, planning how it's going to gives work. you a bit more time to actually do that stuff because I reckon, like we we've got friends who have like they've recently bought a house and they've not been able to have, I, I don't think they would have had anyone over anyway because they were doing so much work. So you probably yeah. wouldn't have had many people coming over to see the house at the moment anyway because you want to make sure that it's like done before they come over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, although at in the, in the beginning in twenty nineteen, um, we had friends come up and help us paint, which was really nice. Actually, this this wall nice. <laughs> was painted by our, 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 our friends as well. But um, yeah, I know it is strange because I mean, even my parents have only seen it a handful of times. They haven't been able to come up, so yeah. But I think having the time is really nice. Yeah. Um, we we've we've got quite a bit done here which is lovely yeah it's about just making the most of this time and seeing it as a bit of free time but how how do you find it to kind of get focused on on working like do you set yourself time to like this is work or how how do you yeah how do you work in these kind of like crazy times do you know what it's taken us so long to get to a good place it um i think being somebody who's so used to having very different weeks, doing lots of different things, being in different places, different countries, different projects every week, putting myself in a routine was really, really hard. <laughs> and I think we, me and AJ, we both kind of rejected it a bit. We were like, ah, what is this? So, um, yeah, we've, we've now set ourselves a structure where we'll work from like nine till five to six as much as possible. Um, sometimes this spills over, things are busy, but we try to um and for me it's about having a routine in the morning so i try not to deviate too much off off that um and then making sure we get out once a day for a walk because i will get to a point where i'm like no i've got too much to do i can't go out and he's like emily you need to go out and i come home and i'm so much more productive so as long as we follow those kind of like sticking points in the day it's okay but um yeah i'm definitely i need routine to anchor myself otherwise i go a bit like I don't know what to do yeah because I'm just so not used to being in one place every day it's just really unnatural for me yeah no I get that yeah I've because I've I'm I'm not working at the moment I'm on furlough um because I, I can't really do my work from home um working in mm -hmm. a cafe but trying to keep myself occupied and busy and I'm trying to organize it into like while Joy's working this is the time I'm working and then I'll do a little bit of knitting in the evening or something while watching tv so yeah, I can imagine if it's your actual work, it's quite difficult to like try and separate work and home time because we're all at home. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm really lucky. This is actually our spare room that I'm in now and we kind of use it as an office space. I'm on a desk. Um, and more recently, actually, I've been like, okay, when I leave this room, I shut the door, I'm done. Like, I need to try and get that separation otherwise I just can't sleep and can't do anything else so yeah you're right you need to have like a physical separation of work and home because it does merge and I went through a bit of a time with because it's comfier yeah. <laughs> doing work on the sofa which was not a good idea because then I was like oh no I can't stop I need to carry on working till like midnight and it's like no you can't do that yeah so yeah that's cool yeah it takes a while but I think 
just got to do what works for you, haven't you? Yeah. Thank you very much, everyone, for watching or listening to this podcast. Uh, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If this is your first time to the podcast, go and check out um, the other episodes. We're on season two now, so there's a whole first season for you to go and check out. Yeah, so a few little updates. The UK is starting to open up a little bit more. Uh, the rules are starting to slacken a little bit, and hopefully soon uh, we should be able to uh, be able to meet more people. Um, we should be able to go into restaurants and cafes inside, which should be quite exciting. So with that, uh, I will be hopefully working a little bit more and back to full time soon, which I'm looking forward to. Um, it does mean it's going to be harder to do more episodes. I would really like to know whether you would like to see or hear another season of this podcast. Um, there's plenty of people out there that I would love to talk to. Uh, finding time is just a little bit harder now that uh, people are starting to get back into work and back into having a life outside the home. But if people want to keep listening to it, then I will find time to create another season. I'm also in talks uh, with a friend about starting uh, a new podcast and more information about that will be coming out on my Instagram. So if you're not already, go and check out my Instagram. Make sure you give me a follow. Um, because hopefully I'll have more information about that and potentially other seasons and episodes for this podcast as well. Uh, I really hope that you're all doing well and staying safe. I'll be back next Friday with episode 13 where I talk to Phoebe. Have a great week everyone and I will see you soon.